Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode of Rudder Dead is sponsored by the Read Harder Journal. Created by Book Riot, this smartly designed reading log consists of entry pages to record stats, impressions, and reviews of each book you read, and it's a great gift for readers this holiday season. Evenly interspersed amongst these entry pages are 12 challenges inspired by Book Riot's annual Read Harder initiative, which began back in 2015 to encourage readers to pick up passed over books, try out new genres, and choose titles from a wider range of voices and perspectives. Indulge your inner book nerd and read a book about books, get a new perspective on current events by reading a book written by an immigrant, find a hidden gem by reading a book published by an independent press, and so much more. Each challenge includes an inspiring quotation, an explanation of why the challenge will prove to be rewarding, and five book recommendations that fulfill the challenge. Get one for yourself or for the readers in your life at bookriot.com slash readharderjournal. Welcome to Red or Dead, a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about the world of mysteries and thrillers. This is episode 67, and we are recording on Tuesday, December 17th. I'm Katie McLean Horner, along with Rincey Abraham, and we're coming to you from Book Riot. Hi, Katie. Hi, Rincey. How are you? I'm okay. I'm feeling the holiday stress. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am currently, as we are recording this, I am currently sitting in the room that we have designated as the present drop-off spot. (laughs) So every time an Amazon package comes in, we put it in the office and it is neatly lined up on the futon yes. by by recipient and we've got everything lined up, but everything is currently un uh well not unwrapped. It just has not been wrapped. Yeah, that's currently the state that I'm into. And the thing is is that like presents aren't as much of a thing for me now because my family has gotten to the point now where we have enough children in our family, like interspersed amongst like the cousins and whatnot. So we just have to buy like kid things for the most part. So it's not too bad. Um but yes, I haven't wrapped anything yet. And I think it's just like the combination of like all of the events and parties and friend gatherings and all of that is like all coming to a head this week. <laughs> so I'm just like, whoo boy, there's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, we are this year because we trade off uh between wh- whose family we spend Thanksgiving and whose family we spend Christmas with. This year we're spending Christmas with my in-laws. So we're doing Christmas with my family this Saturday. Yeah. Um which is going to be a long day cuz we're driving 45 minutes to my parents' house for Christmas breakfast. Oh, we're going to wow. stay there for about half the day. And then th- uh this Saturday Blaine and I have tickets to see the new Star Wars movie. <laughs> So by the time we were, oh, and then I have to work the next day. So oh, this is going to be a long weekend. And then, yeah, we've got, we've got Christmas Eve and Christmas at my mother-in-law's house. Um, and then I think we've got a holiday luau party on the 28th, <laughs> I think. So yeah, it's, it, it, it is the season. 100%. <laughs> 
Yeah, I was going to say, maybe after we finish recording, I'll start wrapping some of those gifts. But maybe not. Yeah, I probably won't, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, So before we jump into the episode, I have our first sponsor, and that is Jimmy Patterson Books, who are the publishers of Alley Cross by James Patterson. Alley Cross has always looked up to his father, former detective and FBI agent Alex Cross. While solving some of the nation's most challenging crimes, his father has always kept his head and done the right thing. Can Allie have the same strength and resolve? Solving mysteries is the Cross family business. Get ready for more signature Cross thrills and actions and heart in this new middle grade kid detective story starring Alex's son, Allie. Uh, So this is a new Cross mystery for a brand new generation. Like I said earlier, it's a middle grade series, and this is the first book in the series, and it's featuring Alex's son. Alley, who and it has all the addictive thrills and action and heart that the Alex Cross series is known for. Um, if you aren't aware, the Alex Cross series is probably one of James Patterson's best selling series, I think. Um, it sold more than 100 million copies to date, and loyal fans will delight in being able to introduce their kids or maybe grandkids to a younger version of their character. And even Kirkus Reviews says that um, this is a really great intergenerational mystery for um, nine to 12 year olds. So if you have a middle grade kid in your life, or, you know, maybe even like a niece or a nephew or something like that, uh, and you would like to give them a gift, this might might be a nice one to pick up. Uh, and again, that's called Alley Cross by James Patterson. And we thank them so much for sponsoring this episode. I feel so special. I'm like, oh, James Patterson is sponsoring our episode. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he loves these book people enough and might as well <laughs> sponsor us too. Woohoo! All right. So uh, if you are new to the show, welcome. If you're a longtime listener, welcome back. Happy holidays to everyone, regardless of how you celebrate it. Next time you hear from us, it will be the new year. So this is our holiday episode. And at the beginning of every show, we always put out a call for episode suggestions, ideas, feedback, anything along those lines, because we love hearing from everyone and we love uh, hearing your ideas so that we can create uh, new episode topics for future recordings. We've come up with some really great former episodes based on your suggestions. And again, I can't believe that we're, we've, this is our 67th episode that we've recorded. And a lot of those episodes have have come thanks to um, all of your suggestions. So we thank you very much for those. Encourage you to keep sending those in. Well, at the end of the show, we're going to have our uh, contact information. So make sure to keep an ear open for that. And so if you have an idea, uh, make sure to send it along. Or if you just want to say hi, that's always that's always fun. We love hearing from listeners and we love chatting with you, love you, with you lovely people. Um, and so with that, I'm going to jump into the our usual news segment. Although as the year winds down, so does the news section because there's not really a whole lot going on um not just in the mystery world but in the publishing world um around uh Christmas and New Year's so um we don't have a we don't have a ton today um but we do we do have a few items that we wanted to that we wanted to mention um the first one is that um Stephen King's uh book The Dark Half it was originally adapted in 1993 by uh George Romero and it's being adapted again um cuz i guess all the rest of Stephen King's books are getting have been adapted so now we're 
going back and redoing some of the other ones. Um, so if, I mean, lot, I, I know a lot of, a lot of the listeners, a lot of you listeners are Stephen King fans. Um, so you'll probably, you know, be interested to, to keep an eye out for this one. Um, the dark half is, I can't remember. I don't, no, I don't think that was one of his, no, it was not one of his Richard Bachman books. Um, but it is about, um, it's about a writer who's, uh, his pseudonym comes to life and, and goes on a killing spree. Um, so if you are familiar with any of Stephen King's work, you know that he has also written multiple novels under the name Richard Bachman. So the idea of the pseudonym is something that he's very familiar with. And so he wrote this book about a murderous uh, pseudonym that comes to life. So this should be an interesting this should be an interesting adaptation. Um, there isn't a ton of information about who's attached to it. Um, there, there's a little bit of information here and there. It's more just uh, the article is saying, hey, this is probably going to be happening. So we'll have a link in the show notes for that. And then this, um, I also will also have a link to this trailer um, for Promising Young Woman, which is not based on a book. But if you are into mysteries and thrillers, holy cow, the trailer is bonkers. Um, I'm debating whether or not how much detail to give because I didn't know much going into the trailer, um, which was kind of, which was interesting. Um, but it's also pretty easy to figure out what the, what the movie's about. But basically the main character who is played by Carrie Mulligan, who I did not recognize because she has longer blonde hair and not her usual pixie cut. Her character um, every weekend will go to bars and clubs and she will pretend like she is falling down drunk, can barely stand, can barely think. And every weekend there is a guy who takes her home or who says, hey, I want to look out for you. You know, let me make sure you get home safe. And that's not really what they're up to. Um, but the key word here is that she is pretending to be falling down drunk. Um, so um, I will give I will give a trigger warning. Actually, now that I'm talking about this, um, I will give a trigger warning that this this movie does uh, focus. It it is entirely about sexual abuse, sexual assault. Um, so if that is a trigger. Uh, we'll may, maybe hold off on watching the trailer, but it is definitely framed as a uh, very much a psychological thriller revenge film woman gets revenge on the men that have taken that take advantage of women in the in these vulnerable positions so um the yeah the trailer looks absolutely bonkers it i don't know how the execution of the movie will be but it definitely got my attention um so yeah if uh make sure to check out the trailer for a promising young woman um and that that would be a good one let me let me know what you, what you uh, think of the trailer after you watch it <laughs> Yeah, I was just Googling it. I hadn't had a chance to watch the trailer, but it has Adam Brody, Bo Burnham, Max Greenfield, Chris Lowell, all in it. Um, and it says it's written and directed by the season two showrunner um, of Killing, who did uh, Killing Eve, the TV show. Yes. So there are a lot of very good names attached to this, at least. Yeah, it the, the trailer itself is just absolutely nuts. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Um, and then the one news story that I wanted to mention briefly is that the Mystery Writers of America announced their recipients for their special awards that they give out. Um, and so the special awards are their annual Grandmaster uh, and then the Raven and Ellery Queen Award recipients. Um, and so for the 2020 Grandmaster is actually pretty exciting. They chose Barbara Neely. If you aren't aware, Barbara Neely is a really well-known uh, Black female writer, and she she wrote this mystery series. I don't know if the series has a name, but it's following this character named Blanche White. I think it might just be like the Blanche White series. Um, the first book is called Blanche and the Lamb. And it was apparently like one of the first major female black sleuths that were being like published in mainstream American publishing. Um, and she's won a number of awards over the years for her books and things like that. So that's very, very exciting. Um, and then the 2020. Raven Award recipient is Left Coast Crime. Um, and so Left Coast Crime is all volunteer organization um, that raises money each year to support different literacy organizations or sorry, different literacy like work in the area. And I think they're located in California. Um, so they're like an organization that helps with that. Um, and then uh, Kelly Ragland is receiving the Ellery Queen Award during the next banquet that happens in April of 2020. So um, we'll have a link down below to the press release from the Mystery Writers of America. But congratulations to everyone for those great awards. All right. So before we jump into um, the heart of the episode, I have our second sponsor, which is the audiobook version of Queen of the Conquered, uh, written by Kaysen Callender and narrated by Crystal Roach, um, brought to you by Hachette Audio. And this sounds like a really cool um fantasy suspense mashup. Um, an ambitious young woman with the power to control minds seeks vengeance against the royals who murdered her family in a Caribbean-inspired fantasy world embattled by colonial oppression. That just sounds so cool. Um, so, like I said, read by Crystal Roche. Um, this is a book that uh, Justina Ireland, who uh, wrote Dread Nation, uh, a YA uh, historical fantasy horror novel. Justina Ireland says that it's a brilliant analysis of power and privilege, and this sounds so cool. Um, so if if you're into uh, speculative mystery mashups, if you're interested in stories that look at these kind of big issues, you'll definitely want to check out Queen of the Conquered, again by Kaysen Callender, uh, brought to you by Hachette Audio, and we thank them very much for sponsoring this episode. All right. So as you guys are listening to this or as this uh, episode goes live, it is right before the holidays, as we were mentioning at the top. So we decided that we would do some holiday mysteries for the episode. Um, so there are quite a number of holiday mysteries, to my surprise, personally, as someone who doesn't. Um, I mean, it, I shouldn't say that. I knew that there would be holiday mysteries out there, but I assumed they would all be on the cozier end of the spectrum. But I was very delighted to see that there are a number of like holiday or these sort of like wintry or just takes place around the holiday season type of mystery books out there. And the one that I read was kind of bonkers. <laughs> so I don't know. I can just start. Um, Go for it. <laughs> so the book that I read was called Dying for Christmas by Tammy Cohen. 
And I had never heard of this book before, but just basically what what I did was I went to my library website and I just searched under like categories, like the subjects and things like that, and like narrowed it down to the Christmas mysteries books. Um, and this is one that looked like it wasn't a cozy mystery. So I decided that I was and it had like pretty decent ratings on Goodreads. And so I was like, okay, I'll go with that one. Wow, this book was really dark and disturbing. I was like, Katie should be reading this book. (laughs) I am so putting this and see if I could put this on hold in my library. (laughs) So basically what happens, the way this story starts is you are following this character named Jessica Gold. And it's Christmas Eve when the story starts and she's out doing last minute Christmas shopping and she stops at like a coffee shop. I think this is, this takes place in like the Londonish area. Um, so she's, and it's modern day. And so she stops in a coffee shop to like, you know, catch her breath and take a break with all the shopping and things like that. And this man approaches her and it's like a packed coffee shop. And so instead of like taking the chair from, her table, which she assumed he would do. He just like sits down in front of her and starts talking to her. And he like starts talking about how beautiful he thinks she is and all this stuff. And then he like sort of impulsively asks her to come back to his apartment uh, to have a drink with him. And she decides to do all of this. And while you're reading the story, She's like talking about how she knows this was a bad decision, but uh, she does it anyways. Um, And it turns out to be like the worst decision that she could have possibly made uh, because he kidnaps her and tortures her. And so it basically goes through like the 12 days of Christmas. So starting on Christmas Day and going through the 12 days until was it Epiphany is the last day. Um, He like gifts gives her a gift every single day and it's like all of these disturbing items from his past um things from his former wife um he like handcuffs her to in the apartment things like that she has to sleep in a dog kennel uh it's really dark like if you are someone who can't handle abusive things um or any sort of like physical abuse or anything like that don't read this book but even if you're not some if you're someone who can't handle like dark and disturbing don't pick this book up because even for me i mean i'm i don't have like a super high tolerance but i feel like i have a decent sized tolerance like i can handle my gillian flins and stuff like that but even for me there were passages in here that were really a lot um but the the thing about this book is that it's broken up into two parts. And so the first part is all about her being kidnapped. And then the second part is about this investigation. And there are so many twists and turns in this story. I did not see it coming at all. Um, so yes, this is a book that's a great page turner. Um, I don't necessarily, this is not a book that will get you in the mood for Christmas. <laughs> I should definitely say that like it's really dark and disturbing but if maybe you are just having too much of the holiday cheer and joy this will definitely counteract all of that 100 percent um so yeah or if you are just like Katie and you just always want something dark and disturbing all year round then you know (laughs) this would also be up your alley but yeah I don't want to talk about the plot too much because I think that uh a lot of the fun in this book is sort of all of the twists. Um, and there, I really didn't see this book taking all of those twists and turns. Um, but yes, if you are in the, and also if you are someone like me, who's like very overwhelmed by the holidays, or just like if he has a lot going on in their plate and doesn't really have the mental capacity for like really complex, 
like storylines or anything like that, I think that this is a really good book to pick up because it's like just straight up plot and it's such a page turner. Um, I did not have a hard time getting through this book. Like it's such a it pulls you in really, really fast and it like will keep you hooked. Like the chapters, the way the story's structured, everything about it like really gets you through the book really fast. So if you are in the mood for something super dark and super plot driven, then pick up Dying for Christmas by Tammy Cohen. And maybe, you know, you could read it for the 12 days of Christmas. I don't know, but that's <laughs> also a possibility for you. <laughs> While you're talking, I was furiously searching my library. <laughs> and think my the library I work at, to, um, well, actually, I didn't even search that one. I searched my home library, and they have a copy available on the shelf. So I'm like, put it on hold. <laughs> and then I was like, crap, I can't remember my password. <laughs> So I'm like using my password app while you're talking. I'm like, must put this book on hold. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, this is this is hilarious because I posted something on Facebook. Something it was a BuzzFeed list of horror movies. And one of Blaine's relatives commented, she's like, Aren't you supposed to be watching Christmas movies this time of year? And what nonsense. And before we started recording, like <laughs> I've been rewatching Supernatural and I got and I'm on season three and I, I'm right at the epi- their Christmas episode oh. with with the pagan gods and I'm like, I forgot how good this episode is. I forgot about that. It's been so long since I watched Supernatural, so I, I completely forgot about that. I know. I and I know the I know the show jumps the shark like season four, which is totally not at all what we're talking about here, but I watched the Christmas episode and I'm just like, Yes, this is what I want for Christmas. <laughs> Nothing says Christmas like murder. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. Okay, well, for my pick, I also was not really looking for anything. Uh, I was not in a cozy mood, as you might be able to tell. But I remembered I had read this particular book uh, probably, oh gosh, maybe four, five, six years ago. Um, can't, actually, I can't remember when this book was published. I want to say it was published like 2013, 2014. And so the book is called Mind of Winter by Laura Kasishka. It's K-A-S-I-S-C-H-K-E. Um, and this book, I remember reading a review for it and people were talking about, they're like, okay, this book, do not look at the last page of the book. And I'm like, okay. And that's that's how you can get me if you're, if you're like, okay, there's there's a twist. So I won't give too much detail about the plot of the book. Um, there actually isn't, um, as I'm talking about, there isn't a ton of plot in the book. It all takes place on Christmas Day, um, which is why I picked it. Um, but it's about this family, a small family. There's Holly, her husband, Eric, and their adopted uh, daughter, Tatiana, who they who they adopted from Russia when she was a baby. And Tatiana is now 15. And they live in America. And uh, Christmas morning, Holly wakes up with the thought in her mind, something followed them home from Russia. That's the thought that's in her mind when she wakes up. And she keeps coming back to this thought over the course of the day. Um, it's a very literary type of suspense novel. Um, it takes like it, it, you know it takes place over the course of the day. We are only seeing what's going. We're we're in Holly's uh, perspective, and so there are lots of kind of stream of consciousness passages. Uh, lots of flashbacks as she thinks back to 
when they uh, brought Tatiana home, um, her experiences growing up, um, Holly's relationship with with Tatiana and Holly's relationship with her husband and her in-laws and the neighbors. And it's a very mental kind of cerebral book. Um, And as Holly is preparing Christmas uh, dinner, they're going to have a family get together at their house like they do every year, but there's a blizzard outside. And one by one, she realizes that the family members are not coming because of the blizzard. So um, her husband has gone out to pick up his parents from the airport. So it's just Holly and Tatiana in the house. And so and Holly's just kind of trapped in her in her own head and keeps coming back to this this idea something followed them home from Russia. Um, which automatically just creates this really ominous mood. And even though not a whole lot happens plot wise in the book, this is a page turner. I've I, so I've read this book twice. Um, the first time I read it in a if not a single sitting, then definitely in a twenty four hour span. Same thing reading it this time. Even though I knew the book and I knew what happened in the story, I still read this over the course of like two sittings. This is a book that you have that you don't read in fits and starts. Even though it is, it does have that stream of consciousness. It's just that that feeling of something. Something is wrong. Something is there. There's just this ominous feeling, and um, the the characters are really compelling. Um, it's so it can feel very claustrophobic. Um, because you're you're in one character's perspective over a small time frame. They're trapped in the house. The snow is falling. Um. In that sense, it kind of reminded me a little bit, um, if you've read The Haunting of Hill House, and you know how the story is told from Eleanor's point of view, where you are completely in her head. And so you get such a strong sense of how her mind works, and how she thinks about things, and how she perceives things. That's actually kind of the parallel that I was drawing when I was reading this. Um but yeah, so that's all I'm going to say about the actual plot. Um, but it's both times, both reading it not knowing what was going to happen and reading it a second time knowing what was going to happen. It was both times were so interesting. And this is a book that I think that if you read it, you read it once and then you immediately want to go back and read it again. Um, is It's really cool. And it's definitely... Definitely not your cozy type of Christmas story. It's very unsettling, very uneasy. It's a really, really, really interesting book. And like I said, do not look at the last page. Resist the temptation. You will get to the last page in due time, but don't look at it early. Don't flip to the back of the book. Don't say, mm, I'm going to read the author's note. No, just just start at the beginning and then just read. And then, and then you'll understand why. Um, so again, that is Mind of Winter by Laura Kasishke. Uh, well, now I feel like I need to read this book just to see what's on the last page because I, mm-hmm. I can't not know. 
Oh, man. Okay. Well, that's like a book that will now go on my list. Um, So if you have any mysteries that take place during the holiday season, definitely email us and let us know what they are, especially if they're not cozies. I feel, again, not that either of us really hates cozy mysteries, but I feel like cozies is kind of the easy way to go in the holiday season. So any non-cozies that take place during the holidays, definitely send them our way. All right, so I have our new releases for this episode. And so since we're going into the holidays and the end of the year and all of these different things, and our next episode's teaser is going to be our most anticipated uh, books for the year. Uh, Katie and I were talking and Katie had the great idea of like going kind of beyond what we usually do in terms of the timeline of our new releases. So I won't be doing a million of them, um, but I do go farther into the new year. So these are a couple of books you can... um you know, have on your list for after the new year, maybe ones you can save your holiday money from if you get any gift cards to Barnes and Noble or anything like that. Um, So first up, I have The Kill Club by Wendy Hurd. This one is already out. It came out on December 17th. Um, So in this book, you are following Jazz, who will stop at nothing to save her brother. Their foster mother, Carol, has always been fanatical, but with Jazz grown up and out of the house, Carol takes a dangerous turn that threatens 13-year-old Joaquin's life. Over and over, child services has failed to intervene, and Joaquin is running out of time. Then Jazz gets a blocked call from someone offering a solution. There are others like her, people that the law have failed, and they formed an underground network of helpers, each agreeing to eliminate the abuser of another. They're taking back power and leaving a trail of bodies throughout Los Angeles, and they've dubbed themselves the Blackbird Killings. If Jazz joins them, they'll take care of Carol for good. All Jazz has to do is kill a stranger. This sounds like a really interesting book. Um, I've seen some people compare it to like Girl with a Dragon Tattoo in terms of like people uh, taking matters into their own hands and like going out and finding the people who have abused them or like, you know, being abused has changed the way that they handle certain situations, things like that. So if that is a thing that interests you, again, that's called The Kill Club by Wendy Hurd. And then coming out on December 30th is Good Girls Lie by J.T. Ellison. Perched atop a hill in the tiny town of Marchburg, Virginia, the Good School is a prestigious prep school known as a Silent Ivy, the boarding school of choice for daughters of the rich and influential. It accepts only the best and brightest. Its elite status, long-held traditions, and honor code are ideal for preparing exceptional young women for brilliant futures at Ivy League universities and beyond. But a stranger has come to good, and this Ivy has turned poisonous. In a world where appearances are everything, as long as students pretend to follow the rules, no one questions the cruelties of the secret societies or the dubious behavior of the privileged young women who expect to get away with murder. When a popular student is found dead, the truth cannot be ignored. Rumors suggest she was struggling with the secret that drove her to suicide. But look closely, because there are clues and there are lies, and then there is everything that really happened. So this is a new psychological thriller that looks at the tenuous bonds of friendship, the power of lies, and the desperate lengths people go to in order to protect their secrets. And again, that's called Good Girls Lie by J.T. Ellison, and that one comes out on December 30th. Coming out on January 6th is Give the Devil His Due by Solari Gentile, and this is a new mystery in the Roland Sinclair series. 
wealthy Roland Sinclair, an artist with leftist friends and a freewheeling lifestyle, reluctantly agrees to a charity race. He'll drive his beloved yellow Mercedes on the Marabar Speedway, renamed the killer track for the lives it's claimed. His teammates are a young Errol Flynn and the well-known driver Joan Richmond. It's all good fun, but then people start to die. The body of a journalist covering the race is found murdered in the House of Horrors, and English blue blood with black shirt affiliations dies in the crash, and reporters stalk rurally for dirt while bookmarkers are after an edge. When someone takes a shot at him, it could be anyone. Then the police arrest one of Rowley's housemates for murder. Um, so Roland Sinclair's series are these historical mysteries that take place in the 1930s and follow these sort of upper class Australian friends. Um, and so Roland Sinclair is sort of like this amateur sleuth sort of person. Um, I read one of her books before called A Declare in Profits, and I really, really enjoyed it. And this is a like historical mystery series I really like a lot. Um, if you like Jacqueline Winspear or Carrie Greenwood, this is definitely another author that you should have on your list. And again, that's called Give the Devil His Due by Solari Gentile. And the final book um, that I'm going to talk about really briefly is Long Bright River by Liz Moore. Two sisters travel the same streets, though their lives couldn't be more different. Then one of them goes missing. In a Philadelphia neighborhood rocked by the opioid crisis, two once inseparable sisters find themselves at odds. One, Casey, lives on the streets in the vise of an addiction. The other, Mickey, walks those same blocks on her police beat. They don't speak anymore, but Mickey never stops worrying about her sibling. Then Casey disappears suddenly at the same time that a mysterious string of murders begins in Mickey's district, and Mickey becomes dangerously obsessed with finding the culprit and her sister before it's too late. Uh, so this book alternates between the present mystery with the story of the sister's childhood and adolescence. Um, so this and this is um, a heart wrenching and heart pounding book. It's a suspense novel that's also about sisters and addiction and the ties that persist between place, family and fate. Um, I'm a big fan of Liz Moore. She wrote the book The Unseen World, which I read back in 2016, I believe, and it was really fantastic. And I'm really excited to pick um, this one up. I was actually sent an early copy of it. So I have a feeling that this is going to be a book that I'll be picking up pretty soon. Um, and again, that's called Long Bright River. Well, when you were talking about uh, the Kill Club, and I was and I was listening to you talk about the synopsis, I already had good reads up and I was just like, okay, want to read that one. <laughs> that one sounds so interesting. Yeah, I think that um, it's getting one of the, it, it has like the plus and minus of it being sort of a slow publishing week this week, but also it's the holiday. So I feel like people aren't paying as close attention to what books are coming out still. Uh, but this sounds like a really good book. So definitely have this one on your list, people. Yeah. Okay, so um, when we, you know, I'm thinking about what, you know, we, t we talk about what we're currently reading, and I still have my giant stack of library books that I think I talked about in the last episode, just a bunch of mysteries and true crime that I haven't, that were published this year that I haven't gotten to. So of course, the book that I have finished since we last recorded is In the Woods by Tana French, which I have read, like, this is probably like the seventh or eighth time I've read it. Now, to be fair, 
We, Rinsey and I, I, we are planning on doing an episode where we talk about the Dublin Murders, the TV adaptation, because it's going to be finishing up pretty soon. There's only a couple episodes left. And so I'm reading the books as research. That's what I keep telling myself. But all my library books are staring at me very angrily on the shelf. And I'm sitting on the couch just like busting through in the woods again. And I'm like, I know what happens. I know this book so well. Why do I keep reading it? But, well, there you go. Um, I Obviously, I, I won't go into the plot of In the Woods. We've talked about Town of French a lot. But I, I commented to Blaine when I finished reading it that I'm like, it's incredible. I have read this book so many times. I am currently, you know, I'm watching it, the, watching the TV adaptation on Stars. I am still tearing through this book. Like it like I'm reading it in like 2-hour chunks and just go tearing through like 150 pages at a time even though I know exactly what happens. Um I think if you've read in the woods you'll know that the ending is not controversial, but readers have strong opinions about the ending. And Blaine and I have gotten into discussions about the ending and why they're, you know, why I feel the way I do about the ending. Um, so we've been talking about that a lot. And obviously, I won't tell you what the ending is. But we've been talking, we've been talking about that a lot. And out of all of Tana French's books, I think this one is one of the most chilling. Like all of her books are suspenseful, they're dark, they're ominous, like they're, they're bleak. But this book, in particular, I think is, is, I would say chilling is the best word to describe it. And I think hands down, it's one of, it's one of the most, uh, chilling books I've ever, I've ever read. It's just the end of the book every time. It's like, it's just like an ice pick through the middle of your body. You're just like, oh my goodness. So I finished that. So of course I'm going to be starting the likeness while my library books yell at me. (laughs) Um, so I'm hoping to do, um, I'm ho- I'm hoping to, you know, be able to multitask a little bit or at least have a couple of print books going at the same time, but I don't know. We'll see. I'll make it up to my library books, I promise. I mean, I think we are we've all been in that situation, so it's completely a forgivable <laughs> offense. Also, it's town of French. I that's literally was going to be my next <laughs> sentence. Plus, you know, technically research. So, it all works in your favor. You've done Thank nothing you. wrong. Um, so like I said earlier, I have holiday brain and holiday stress. So I haven't really been reading a whole lot besides uh, this book that I mentioned for uh, the Christmas episode or the holiday episode. Um, so I don't really have too much to talk about. I have been slowly working my way through my unread book pile that I currently own. And so in an attempt to continue to get that number down, I was looking through that. And I think the one of the books I'm going to read before the end of the year is The Boy in the Earth by Fuminori Nakamura. um, And this is translated by Allison Markin Powell. Um, I've read one of Nakamura's other books before, and I believe I've talked about it, but I'm not going to remember the name of it right now because my brain is uh, fried. Um, But I really enjoyed it a lot. And like, basically, every time I go to um, like a Japanese there's like a Japanese marketplace here called Mitsua. I think they have Mitsuas in a couple of different cities. Um, and there's like a bookstore type of store in there. So yeah, anytime I'm in there, I'm always looking at their like Japanese crime section. 
<laughs> so I think I picked it up on one of those trips. Um, so yes, I don't have a whole lot. Otherwise, that's on my list of things to read. But I, I like I said earlier, I also have a copy of Long Bright River by Liz Moore. And that I, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to make that sort of like my new year book, like the book I read on January Ooh. 1st or like the first book I start in the new year because I'm really excited for that one. Yeah. And, oh, now, I, now I've got to start thinking about what book I'm going to read on January 1st. Yeah. I mean, I always like to think about – I don't – I don't. I mean, I could probably go back and look to see what books I've read in the previous years. But I think there's something kind of nice about like trying to figure out how to start your new year with reading because, you know, we always have the day off and stuff. So, All yeah. right. Well, I've got, I've got some thinking to do. I'm going to have to go through my, my uh, reading list or through the list of books that, that I have uh, created for next week's or next episode, upcoming 2020 titles. Y'all, you don't have any idea. I am so excited for 2020 and mysteries. Just saying. Yeah, there are. Yeah, you're definitely going to want to tune in for next time to hear about those. So on that note, that's our show. <laughs> Thanks so much to everyone for listening. For show notes, you can head over to bookriot.com slash listen. Um, you can find links to all of the news articles that we talked about at the top of the show, as well as to all of the books that we mentioned here today. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you can. Um, that really helps us out in terms of other people being able to find us and join us in this fun mystery ride that we do together. If you want to send us an email, Email. You can send us an email with like feedback or if you want to tell us about your favorite holiday mysteries. If you want to provide us with show suggestions for future episodes, you can email us at redordead at bookriot.com. Otherwise, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Rincy A. And I'm on Twitter at KT underscore library lady. And we will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye.